This morning is Pentecost Sunday and it seems appropriate and I've been trying this week to, to tie everything together with the fact that today is Pentecost Sunday, that the fact we are also in uh, the fruit of the spirit, the fact that this morning we are looking at goodness. In, in Pentecost we, we celebrate the Holy Spirit's coming, not the Holy Spirit being born or created because the Holy Spirit has uh, existed as part of the triune God for all history. But in Acts chapter 2, we read uh, the amazing story of the Holy Spirit coming to the early Christians. We read of this magnificent encounter between the early believers and the Spirit of God. We hear a cracking sermon from Peter, and we read at the end of Acts 2 what the early church was beginning to look like. And although we might not hear the Spirit like a rushing wind, although we might not know the Spirit as if tongues of fire were resting on us, Still as God's people to this day, we have and we know the Spirit of God. The ministry of the Spirit on behalf of us and through us carries on to this day. And I love this quote as I was reading this week. It says this, The Spirit who was anticipated in the future is now present. The evidence being the experience of His presence in the life's of believers. I want to take a few moments this morning as I have reflected a little bit on this last year and in thinking of ways in which I have seen the Spirit of God at work in the life of our church. I am incredibly blessed to, to be in a position where I can kind of at times have a bird's eye view of things that are going on in the church and I don't come to this with any sort of arrogance that claims I know what the Spirit of God is doing in all parts and lives of our church because the Spirit of God is always at work in ways that we do not see but I just want to take a few moments as we open this morning just to encourage you and to get us thinking a little bit in what are the ways in which we have seen the Spirit of God move in this pandemic year here in Hamilton. And again, the goodness of God is the context for all of this. God is good. The first thing, the first way in which I've seen the Spirit move in our fellowship this year is I have seen and had the great privilege of, of spending time with a group of teenagers and students who have grown so greatly in maturity this year. I have seen boys become men and, and girls become women irrespective of their age because they so get what it is to know and live for Jesus. I have seen time and time again the Spirit meet with them, exciting them in the Scriptures, revealing more of Himself and setting down deep roots. And so much of that is with thanks to the wonders of online technology but most importantly the Scriptures and the Spirit working through them. One of the things, that, one of the ways I see this most evidence is the grace with which uh, so many of these guys speak truth. It is a lesson and a humbling for me as I learn more and more the grace that I need to be able to speak truth with. And I hope that in times to come, as more restrictions are lifted, as you're able to spend time and chat more with some of our teenagers and our students, you too will see this evidenced in their life. Secondly, I have known and seen God draw people to himself. These aren't my stories to share, but I, I have witnessed and I've known of people in our midst who have come to faith in this last year. I have seen people so far from God now drawn near. The spirit is the spirit of truth, as Jesus tells us in John 
16. And God, despite this pandemic year, is continuing to save souls. I have seen people whose passion for the Word has been reignited in this last year. We have drawn alongside people in the hardest of circumstances in this last year. But in the midst of all of that, the Spirit of God has drawn alongside them. Continuing to convict, continuing to convert, continuing to bring people to faith. And there will be so many more stories that I am aware of than you are aware of. And let us be so committed in prayer that God would continue to transform the lives of people in our community. I have seen God draw alongside the grieving and the hurting in ways that only God could. One of the very hardest things of this pandemic year has been uh, attending funerals. Not being able to grieve in the way that we would want to grieve. But the Spirit of God continues in his ministry of comfort to the broken and hurting. And I'm, I'm so reminded of the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And indeed they shall. And as Paul reminds us in Romans 8, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. I've had the privilege of being part of a leadership team in this church of elders and deacons in this last year who have done everything that they can to serve this church. Often for many to the point of exhaustion. But it is such a joy to constantly be reminded of people who time and time again are using their God-given gifts in the service of God. And I'm sure we would all attest that God has continued to provide strength and sustenance, guidance and wisdom throughout the multitudes of things that we have faced in this last year. And for our leaders, I am greatly, greatly thankful. It has been a privilege to see what it is to have spirit-led decision-making. I have known much of the presence of joy this year. There hasn't been an awful lot of reasons to be joyful this year. There has for me, because I've now got a son and that's wonderful. And I'm so utterly delighted with him. But for many, there has not been a reason to know joy this year. But still, our Christian community is marked by joy. Because our joy is found in the Lord Jesus. Our joy is given to us through the Spirit at work in us. And through the ministry of the Word, whether from this pulpit or somebody's dining room or a sofa or Robbie's lovely back garden, the Word has continued to be ministered. Whether in First Timothy and the attributes of God in Joshua and the fruit of the Spirit, God has continued to minister through His Word week by week to us whether gathered physically or on our sofas at home. You know, God has always used his word to speak to his people, and this last year has been no different. God is still speaking in significant ways to his people through his word. I don't know about you, but as, especially in these last few weeks as we've gathered again, um, through the words that have been brought these last few Sundays, I have been greatly taught, and I've been greatly challenged as I consider what it is to bear more fruit in my life as Jesus reminds us in John 14 the Holy Spirit whom, eh, whom the Father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you 
Brothers and sisters, as we begin this morning, as we consider the fruit of goodness, as we consider Pentecost Sunday, may we never underestimate God. May we never stop believing that God is at work. Because our God is continuing to move and work and minister. The Holy Spirit is the helper who has been sent to be with us forever. He is at work, both to will and to work for God's good pleasure. The Spirit is present, both in our midst and inside, indwelling us. How have you seen God at work in this last year? Have you known God draw near? Have you come to know Jesus? Is it purely the fact that you've survived this last year and there is a peace and a comfort that you have known in the midst of all of that? I'd encourage you to share those stories with one another. I'd encourage you to encourage one another with these stories of the ways in which you have seen God at work in this last year. But let us always be in prayer. Let us always be in prayer for our brothers and sisters. Let us be in prayer. I think of the, the, the hundreds of, uh, that have had deliveries, whether through us, uh, our involvement with the food bank or Messy Church or whatever. Continue to pray for those that have received things from us. That continue to wonder what it is we're doing and who we are. Continue to pray that these things would bear fruit. Do you know, I love that on that first Pentecost Sunday, it is the Apostle Peter who preaches. The same man who denied Jesus just a few weeks earlier. And it's a wonderful reminder for us that the Holy Spirit is not somehow some kind of reward for good behavior. The Holy Spirit isn't given to us if our faith is good enough. But the Holy Spirit is a gift to those who turn to Jesus and wait on him. friends would we fall more and more in love with Jesus day by day would we fall more, fall more in love with who he is and with his word and would the spirit continue to work in each one of us let's pray Lord Jesus would you just Lord would you renew your church Lord would you encourage each and every one of us Lord would you set us a light afresh for you would we know what it is to take the Great Commission seriously? Would we know what it is to love Jesus with all our hearts, with all our souls, with all our minds, and with all our strength? Amen. Wonderful. And the next one, please. I don't think this is going to work. Definitely on. Perfect. Hopefully you can see this. Before we come to goodness, I just wanted to pull out a quote from each of these last weeks that we have been in the fruit and just issue us with one reminder. Hopefully you can read this. If you can't, I will. The first week that John uh, opened our series with the, war, with, uh, with the fruit of love, he reminded us that if we could hold something of the ocean of God's love in our hearts, then our hearts will overflow with that love towards everyone. 
or Bill Slack on the subject of joy reminded us. I thought Christianity was something to be endured, but now I discover, uh, I made the discovery it was something to be enjoyed. Derek so helpfully reminded us that peace is not about the absence of conflict, but it is the presence of shalom. It is that great internal peace. Or patience. That we are only God's chosen people, holy and blameless, because God is patient with us. And kindness. Kindness is not just an attitude, but it is goodness in action. And I just want to pull one illustration just because I think it is so important that we constantly remind ourselves that the, the, the fruit of the Spirit is working in complete unison. That there is no sense in which we can be part something and not part something else. But actually the Spirit works within us. David McKay gives the helpful example that the fruit are not nine jewels of, uh, to try and to hold. But they are nine facets of the same gem. And David and I were both at the same minister's training thing a couple of years ago where Andrew Clark was speaking. And if you know Andrew, he was one of the editors of the NIV and he has a brain the size of the moon. And he's just an incredible man. But I don't know about you, but you always find that the smartest people are able to communicate the greatest truth in the most simple ways. And he said this. He said, the character of God is like a multifaceted diamond. A diamond with many faces. Every time you turn it, you see a different aspect of that diamond. One diamond, many faces. One diamond, but each angle uniquely different. So simple, yet so profound. And so it is with us. So it is with us that we bear the fruit of the Spirit. And whatever the, the light of the circumstance or the situation we find ourselves in, we see another part of the Spirit of God at work in us and we see fruit. You know, God is not patience, then he removes patience to become gracious. He is not gracious and then removes it to become merciful. Why? Because God is not good some of the time, but because God is good and all of these things all the time. So now let's turn our attention to goodness. Robbie, thank you for reading it for us. Two point. Let's define it and let's apply it. The word good is used so frequently nowadays. Well, I said nowadays. It's probably always been used frequently, but... We use it all the time. Good morning, good luck, good work. Kara is a good dog. Not that many people say that to me. But that was a good meal out. We had a good conversation. They are good teachers in a good school in a good area. Good. Our definition this morning for what goodness is, is goodness is holiness in action. And we come to this passage that, that Robbie read for us from Acts chapter 11 in the church in Antioch. Stephen has been stoned. The Christians have scattered. But still they have continued to faithfully preach. And people are, are still coming to Jesus. It's awesome. Awful circumstances. People are getting saved all the time. So they send one of their best men. They send this man, Barnabas. Barnabas, the man that we learn, was a good man full of the spirit and of faith 
And Barnabas is a fantastic example for us of a man whose goodness or his holiness was put into action. Barnabas was a man loved by Paul and he was a man that got what it was to love Jesus and was full of the Spirit. This, this is exciting stuff. The whole book of Acts is exciting, but this is exciting. People are getting saved in, in their multitudes and coming to know Jesus. And these stories reached Jerusalem, so they sent one of their best men. Barnabas arrived in Antioch and he says, I saw the grace of God. How awesome is that? imagine somebody coming to Hamilton and saying I can see the grace of God at work here isn't that what we long to see more of God's grace at work people's lives being so evidently transformed that Barnabas could see it I've seen God's grace and he encourages them to keep going Barnabas is often known as Barnabas the encourager Because one of his greatest gifts was to constantly be supporting and building up God's people. Acts 11.24, he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and the faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. From here he brought in Paul from Tarsus and they taught They taught and they preached and they built the church. And more and more and more people were getting saved. The question for us is how was Barnabas a good man? Paul tells us as we know in Romans 3.10, none is righteous, no not one. How can Barnabas be a good man if Paul tells us that no one is good? Because it wasn't his earthliness, it wasn't the fact that Barnabas was Barnabas that made him good. But Barnabas was good because he was so full of the Spirit. And he was so full of faith. Barnabas is just this incredible example of what it is to have a life that is marked by goodness. And really to understand what goodness is, we have to start with the goodness of God. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Goodness, first of all, is, is a description of who God is at his very essence. It means that God is not and cannot be evil. It means that he does not and cannot love sin. It means that he cannot be tempted with evil. But it is synonymous with holiness. Which refers to God being set apart. With God being different. With his moral character being different. Goodness is also closely connected to justice. Goodness hates evil so for God punishing evil is intrinsic for what it means for God to be good good could not love what is evil and be good but also our creator and creation shows us his goodness as well the Lord reveals his goodness and his kindness to all of creation 
because God's creation is given to all of mankind it is given to those that are in Christ and not in Christ because God is good God doesn't bless Christians with better weather or better scenery or animals that the rest of the world doesn't have well that would be kind of cool but God is kind to all humanity but of course we know that God has a specific love for his people and it is for those people that he works out all things for the good of them God's special love for us his people shows us it manifests his goodness because this love is a holy love it means that our sins will be punished but they will be punished in Christ who is the sacrifice for our sin and you see in saving us God doesn't set aside his goodness he doesn't decide to love what is evil so that he can love us but he judges us in Christ who has already paid the price and from that God's mercy flows from his goodness you know God would still be good if he never showed any mercy to any of us God is not obligated to be merciful but yet he is God is not obligated to be kind to us but he is What is goodness? Goodness is holiness in action. It is being set apart and living it out. Goodness is an intrinsic part of God's character. Let's apply it. We see God's goodness most clearly in his love for his people. So how does goodness, the understanding of goodness, goodness in action apply to me? You see, the fruit of goodness for us results in a life that is characterised by deeds that are motivated by righteousness and holiness. And it drives in us a desire to be a blessing to other people. It is a moral characteristic of God's people, of a spirit-filled person. You see, it's a goodness that benefits other people. It is not a goodness that's simply there for the sake of being good. Ephesians 5, 9, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. But you see, goodness is more than just an action. Goodness should and often can be seen in our actions, but our hearts must also be pure. The goodness of Christ is to be demonstrated and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever see God calls us to be filled with goodness from the inside out being holy in what we do and what we say comes from a heart that is so utterly convicted and in love with the goodness of God this goodness in us is only possible through the great grace and mercy that is shown to us. 
But I think it's also important to say that goodness is not just niceness. Goodness isn't going to somebody's house, which I'm sure we're all buzzing to do, and the meal is horrendous, and you just, you know, they say, how was it? Would you like seconds? And you go, best meal I've ever had, I'll have seconds. It was fabulous, thank you. Niceness isn't goodness, because goodness has a moral backbone. Goodness is what is right and true. See, goodness is having the ability to say the right things in kindness. Goodness is always clothed in grace. Goodness is reaching out in kindness to those that are undeserving of our kindness. Why? Because God first offered us his kindness and his goodness and his son when we were so undeserving of that offer. The fruit of goodness is Christ offered through our lives. Niceness will wither. But goodness will not. Because the rock of goodness is Christ. And it will not be shaken. I love this quote. The goodness, uh, this goodness, the goodness of God is the fruit of kindness that overcame our opposition. Do you know, when I opened this series six weeks ago, we focused on, uh, as Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. As we consider all of that this morning, we give thanks first and foremost for the God that came and left his spirit with us when he ascended to heaven. That we do not do, we do not walk the Christian walk on our own because the spirit is with us. We're reminded by, the, uh, by, by the, what happens in Acts 2 that we should never underestimate God, that God is always at work in ways that we do not know. But friends, would we remind ourselves frequently of the goodness of God? Would we remind ourselves of God's goodness to us would we abide in him and through that would we know what it is to be people that as Barnabas was can be marked as good filled with the spirit and of faith if we want to know him if we want to grow in our maturity let us be committed to abiding in the Lord Jesus let's pray God you are so good we marvel at your goodness we marvel at your goodness shown to us that is so undeserved but we thank you for your work at Calvary and for the spirit that you left in your place so that we might know you and love you and that we might be people who can extend the goodness of God to our communities, to our friends, to our families, to our workplaces. We thank you that you are ever present. 
We thank you that you are on the move and continually at work. Amen.